Welcome to BIV Today. I'm Tyler Orton. Now, more and more of you are probably picking up smartphones that are 5G enabled, but really experts are saying that the next generation of this wireless communication will be making the biggest impact on the enterprise market. So how does Canada stack up in terms of its 5G offerings when we compare it to other places across the globe? Our guest today can offer some insights into that and more. I'd like to welcome Patrick Ostegi. He is the founder and executive chairman of Acedian. His firm does network performance monitoring and optimization all over the world. So uh, Patrick, thanks for joining us on the show today. Thanks for uh, having me, Tyler. Appreciate okay. it. So I, I hope I don't bore you with this story that I'm about to share, but I, I recall that uh, I was in South Korea back in 2016, 2017. I was, I was visiting Samsung's headquarters there at the time for the newspaper. And this is when, you know, Canadian cities were all about offering, you know, free Wi-Fi in public locations. And I, I recall talking to one of the Korean executives there at Samsung and He's like, well, we're already working on ensuring that 5G penetration is going to be everywhere, which kind of blew my mind, you know, going back, you know, four or five years ago. So that that's kind of stuck with me. And I'm curious from your perspective, you know, with regards to Canada's own 5G deployment deployments, um, we kind of began in earnest in, in 2020. How do we stack up uh, versus, you know, other uh, markets out there? Yeah, I mean, of course, your comparison with uh, Korea is is really a, a good one. I mean, of course, they're the leader. They've been the leader in deploying, you know, 4G and then LTE and then voice over LTE and then 5G uh, before everybody. But I, I think, um, you know, they, they do lead the way. Now, as far as Canada is concerned, I think in general, Canadian mobile operators are, are up to date when it comes to offering the next G version of 5G. Uh, and that is the so-called non-standalone version of 5G, which is basically an augmented version of 4G, which still relies a lot on, on the legacy LTE network. And, and basically, it, it just offers more download bandwidth to the users. And, and that's pretty much it. I mean, it's great, but it's, it's uh, you know, that's what Asia deployed three, four years ago. And it's what the U.S. deployed maybe two, three years ago. And it, and it comes short of enabling all the new enterprise use cases, uh, like you mentioned. And, and so whether it's uh, things like uh, massive IoT, which is also called ma massive machine-to-machine -machine type of communication, which uh, creates, uh, you know, thousand-fold new use cases by, you know, supporting multiple connected devices out there that weren't connected, whether it's... Uh, you know, agricultural devices, whether it's uh, entertainment devices, whether it is uh, household devices and, and so on and so forth. And, and, and that's really that's really one of the use cases that comes short or is not you know, covered by, uh, you know, the standalone version of 5G or the non-standalone version of 5G. Um, and, and so URLC is another one. So the ultra reliable low latency connectivity. So, for instance, uh, in order to enable, um, you know, things like self-driving vehicles, uh, network slicing, which is also required for private 5G, you know, you need to be able to create dedicated uh, network resources in order to enable these uh, these types of use cases. And so the um, the standalone 5G is really what's required and, and really that's what makes the difference. And uh, and so for that's. For that, you need the use of millimeter wave networks, ultra wideband, 
you need to kind of let go of, reliant, of the reliance on the legacy network. And you also need to deploy things like mobile edge compute, which is essentially a highly distributed um, cloudlets, if you want. So imagine data centers, which are the cloud. Imagine like many versions of that, which are deployed throughout the network and which brings the content closer to the end users and, and which enables things such as augmented reality, uh, remote surgery, uh, and the list just goes on. And, and that's where Canada has even yet to start. Uh, and, and it's unfortunate because that's the part that enables 5G to be more than, again, more than just another G. And that's the part that enables a whole ecosystem of cloud-based enterprises to get closer to their end users and, and to enable all these leading edge use cases. And, um, and so the fact that, um, you know, this does impact enterprises, more specifically, it impacts um, small to medium enterprises, SMEs, because that's usually where the, the most vibrant part of innovation comes from, right? And, and so there are, uh, you know, many, many enterprises out there, many, many, you know, startups and companies that are sort of, you know, revving their engines at the start line and, and ready to go to, to take advantage of all of this new technology to, to you know, to reinvent all of these traditional businesses that are really thirsty for uh, a rejuvenation. And, and again, you know, it could be agriculture, it could be, uh, you know, anything, parking, movies, I mean, anything you can think of can be and will be reinvented uh, based on, uh, you know, the next generation of, of 5G. And, um, and so from that standpoint, um, you know, a lot can be done to, um, to encourage more of that. Well, I'm, I'm curious if, if we're looking at real 5G, not the stuff that you mentioned is more dependent on that kind of legacy infrastructure, but uh, does that mean that the onus is on maybe government policy to ease that up? Or is it on kind of the, the private companies, you know, the, the big telecom giants like uh, TELUS or Bell or Rogers, or is it up to them to really ramp all this up to ensure that uh, we're competitive on, on the global landscape? Yeah, it, it really takes a, a concerted effort between the government, the large uh, service providers, the large telecom service providers, as well as I would say uh, a cohort of or, or, or uh, a movement of uh, smaller enterprises or just regular enterprises. And so between enterprises, carriers and government, uh, there's got to be a concerted effort to say, OK, if you bring it, we're going to use it. And 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 the government could even be that bridge to say, well, we're going to help carriers bring it and enterprise are saying they will use it and they will, um, you know, leverage it to 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 create these innovations to become more leading edge uh, on, on the worldwide uh, scale. And um, and and there hasn't been any of that, unfortunately. So so, you know, we're kind of in this stalemate where. Um, the service providers have already invested quite a lot in the call it uh, you know the uh, the non standalone version of five G the the uh, you know the 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 evolution of four G call it that way and um, and so they're still looking to get a you know to finish their return on investment on that and and that is uh, happening gradually. 
Um, and in the meantime, enterprises are, are waiting uh, for, and, and the rest of the world is far ahead. And, um, and the government is, well, they're saying you know, it's really up to the service providers to do it. But I mean, I think the, um, the responsibility of, of large entities like the NRC, like uh, the, uh, the Standards Commission of Canada, uh, the, um, this, you know, the, uh, the, the various, um, the CRTC, the, there's really a lot that can be done to really encourage service providers to, uh, to attain that, um, that next revision of 5G, which basically will enable all these use cases. So some kind of a, of a, of a concerted effort, which would say, okay, if you bring it, we'll, we'll use it. Uh, and and will bridge you to to do it. I think that would work out and it would be a win win for everybody. I think about uh, the government. It's still performing that uh, security review of Huawei equipment. Uh, Telus, uh, based here in Vancouver, was all in, and then they finally, I think, they just had to give up if they wanted to get deployment going. And there was going to be question marks. Is the government's way of approaching? These, you know, espionage concerns, what, what have you, has that maybe hampered deployment at all? Or have, you know, companies like Telus kind of caught up to, I think, I think it was Bella Rogers was the first to begin deploying, at least in Vancouver. Yeah, you're, you're right. I, I think that that whole situation has created somewhat of a setback and, and somewhat of a, uh, again, you know, having them take a little more time to take, you know, to get their return on investment. Uh, I, I think you know, the last thing they want to do is is a rip and replace and 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 replace it with the same kind of technology. I think it should be viewed as an opportunity to refresh the five G network to a uh, to bring it to a standalone uh, state and 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 use some of the latest and greatest technologies for uh, mobile edge compute for uh, you know for these new use cases and. Uh, I think, you know, you can see this as a setback. I, I see it more as, a, again, an opportunity to, um, to, to catch up and, and to really, um, you know, yes, there will be a cost associated with it, no, no doubt. Um, but I think it's, uh, you know, the, the, the worst thing you can do is, is to sort of settle into your mistake and, and not do anything about it. You know, whenever we hear about these big spectrum auctions, uh, we, we had one uh, just wrap up uh, not too long ago last year as well. I, I'm just, I'm curious, are, is this spectrum going to be used for kind of that legacy infrastructure that uh, you've been talking about? Or is this going to be more for that dedicated 5G equipment moving forward to help us kind of enable that, um, that competitiveness that we need to have um, uh, in, in this country? Yeah, that is correct. That is correct. So, so the these more recent auctions uh, were really centered around uh, enabling, and you know, call it the real five G, call it the uh, the standalone version of five G. So that's the good news. But I mean, yes, it's it's still early days when you think about it. Well, you know, this seems kind of like a broad, obvious question. I, I kind of alluded to it uh, up at the top here, but um, why is 5G going to be so important for not just Canadian consumers that might get uh, you know some faster speeds on their smartphone, but uh, businesses as well? So it will really change. Um, you know, you know how there there's been a digital transformation where enterprises, you know, have been moving to the cloud and 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 all that, and that's been going on for some time. 
you can think of it as going from a centralized cloud to a, a digital throughout where, um, you know, the digitization, the, the cloud is going to be uh, brought closer to the end user thanks to, to 5G standalone and thanks to mobile edge compute and where uh, content is going to be so close to you that you're, you're going to be enabling these ultra low latency use cases. You're going to be, you know, enabling all these, reinventing all these industries that, uh, you know, were traditional. And, and, and all of this takes more than just a bigger pipe to your phone. Uh, it takes, uh, you know, being able to connect thousands of devices which weren't connected before. So the amount of connectivity needs to be much higher. The latency, the time it takes for bits to go from point A to point B in, in terms of milliseconds and microseconds, that needs to be shorter. Uh, and so all of these things will enable these, these new next generation use cases. And, and it will really create, uh, you could almost call it a, a new industrial revolution because it will affect the industries, all traditional industries. So it, hence, you know, the so-called industry 4.0 movement, which is really taking traditional industries and bringing them into the 21st century, bringing them uh, into a competitive, uh, you know, level uh, against, you know, the, the rest of the world and, and or with the rest of the world. Because when you look at it, uh, all the other manufacturers, you know, from cars to, to manufacturing um, clothing and, and, and anything of that nature, all the manufacturers of adopted industry or are in the process of adopting industry 4.0. And, and so Canada is way behind when it comes to that. Uh, same thing to, uh, you know, any traditional industry you can think of. It's, it's really going to become this digital throughout as opposed to, you know, just saying, oh, well, our stuff is now running in the cloud. It's, it's bringing it close to you. It's, it's really enabling, uh, you know, these, these real time, uh, optimizations. And so, for instance, for, um, you know, the, the benefits are, are super high in terms of competitiveness, um, you know, especially uh, when you have things like uh, shortages. And so being able to optimize things in real time, uh, being able to, uh, to really, uh, you know, have this next level of um, just in time manufacturing, uh, having this, uh, this ability to, um, to, to, again, leverage this technology for, for competitiveness. Well, maybe I'll, I'll leave you off with this question here uh, about maybe some of the challenges Canada faces. It's a giant country, but I think we have a population of just under 40 million people, so a relatively small population, whereas I, I go back to South Korea, which is a, a pretty small country, but has a population of about 50 million people. So is that one of the challenges that Canada faces is just kind of just how huge it is relative to the size of its population and getting that infrastructure where it needs to be? Well, not really, because when it comes to these kinds of use cases, you know, it's it, you don't need to have this everywhere. So when I'm talking about, uh, you know, all these call it fancy advanced use cases I was referring to, you don't have to have ubiquity for that. You don't have to be able to offer this uh, like by the side of a uh, of a highway in the middle of, uh, you know, driving between uh you know, t in the middle of the prairies somewhere, right? And, and so, and, and not that 
I wouldn't love this to be true, but if we can just at least bring that level to uh, the, the metro uh, centers from coast to coast, uh, I think that would be a huge leap. And so from that standpoint, just being able to enable 5G standalone in all uh, Canadian major cities, uh, that would make all the difference. And, and so from that standpoint, it's not, it, it, it used to be true what you just said when it came to say, okay, we need to offer 2G everywhere. And then, oh, we need to offer 3G everywhere or, oh, we need to offer 4G everywhere. But And, and the same is true even for, for the first generation of 5G. But when it comes to enabling this next generation of 5G uh, and, the, and these, um, you know, these use cases for enterprises and, and for, for the digital economy of the future, um, you know, if at least we could just bring up to level uh, the metro areas as a start, I think that would be a great thing accomplished, and there's there's no excuse about the the density there because you know we have some some pretty decent metro areas in, in Canada, and and, uh, and so I, I don't think uh, we can use that excuse for that part. But Patrick, this conversation has been uh, illuminating for me. It's uh, something that I've been tracking for a long time here at Business in Vancouver. And I, I just want to thank you so much for providing these uh, excellent insights uh, just over the last uh, 15, 20 minutes. It's my pleasure. Anytime, uh, Tyler. I appreciate it. That is Patrick Ostagi. He is the founder and executive chairman of Acedian. That is it for the show today, but you can still go to BIV.com. More stories, podcasts, videos over there. In the meantime, I just want to thank everyone for listening. I'm Tyler Horton. 